Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. This is Jeff Shackelford. Everybody say, hey, Jeff. So uh, Jeff and his wife, his lovely bride, his, his definitely better half, has been here a little over a year. Um, y'all remember last year, Valerie and I shared our, our testimony uh, about our mental health journey and um, I said that day, I didn't know why, but it suddenly occurred to me, we'd done a lot of planning and we were ready to share, but then I realized some people might be here for like the first time, and this might be a little much. So I said, if this is your first time, then we're, uh, we're going to, after we share, you either might go, uh, I am never coming back here again, or I found my people. And so we shared and we did our thing, and, and Jeff came up to me after the service, he said, we found our people. And I said, praise God. So they have been locked in since then and have since joined the church. Um, but Jeff has a testimony that he wants to share, and he said he'd rather us have a conversation about it than him just stand up here and, and tell you about it. So months and months ago, I asked him if he would come and share his testimony, and, and so here we are going to have a conversation about it, okay? Um, we are in the middle of a series call, uh, called the Love of God series, and I think this is perfect time. I had no idea I was doing that series at this time um, when I asked him to share his testimony. But I think this testimony is going to fit very, very nicely into the uh, Love of God series. Okay? So, uh, so Jeff, you, you were not born in Harrelson County. Uh, no. I, would, I know it's going to come to a shock of a lot of people, but I'm an L.A. Dodgers fan because... Ooh. I was oh, born goodness. just north of Los Angeles. Uh, just stop, stop talking for just a yeah, second. We just need a minute. Well, you know, I get to the bad part first. Oh, okay. Uh, they may, that kicked me off stage yet. Uh, you missed yes. prayer time. We can be, you can be delivered <laughs> from that. Uh, yeah, I was uh, between my second and third grade year. My parents, my dad retired out of the Air Force, and they moved us to Bremen, Georgia. That's where my dad was from and all his family. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty big culture shock. I grew up on an Air Force base up until I was seven years old. So coming to rural Georgia where people talked funny. Uh, now I talk funny. I've been here long enough. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a major culture shock. And, um, but this is where my dad was from. And, and like I said, my dad was um, 20 years Air Force. He was electronics technician on the missile program. Very, very smart man. I used to joke that he could fix anything but a broken heart. I mean, he could, he could, if it, if it could be fixed, he could fix it. All right, so you came, uh, you came to Georgia. Um, what was your spiritual foundation like in the Air Force? Uh, non-existent. Okay. My, my dad had, and my parents, when they were younger, I guess, had went to some churches and stuff, but when they were in the Air Force, my dad was in the Air Force, so, I mean, we didn't, I didn't know who God was. and never, He never even talked about it. So you come to Harrelson County where you can't swing a stick and not hit a church. Mm -hmm. um, so did you wind up getting getting in church when you got here? Yes, we went to a little church, a little Baptist church just north of town, uh, Bethel Baptist Church is where my, my grandparents went. And so when we got back here, 
we just started going with them a little bit, and, and that's where where I started understanding and started learning about God. Okay. So you had an experience with the Lord there, walked the aisle of that church? Oh, yeah. Of course, looking back, my dad was my hero. My dad could do anything. And my dad became a Christian. So therefore, I need to become a Christian because yeah. I want to be my dad. Yeah. I want to be just like him. Right. And he walked the aisle. I walked the aisle. I was even baptized with my father at the same time. I was 11 years old. It's difficult sometimes to separate your relationship with God from your relationship with your father. Exactly. Right? Father's Day gets a little, a little complicated for people because when, and really just living a life following the Lord gets complicated, especially when you didn't have a good relationship with your dad. So here, but, but here's Jeff, who has a good relationship with his dad, looks up to him, uh, almost maybe idolizes dad, and now he's seeing God through the lens of his dad, right? So that can be a good thing, sort of, but it can also be complicated. So how did that, walk, after you were walked the aisle, were baptized, how did that play out in your life, though? Well, you know, my parents, my dad would, he, we had Bible reading every night. Me and my brother would sit at the foot of my parents' bed, and my dad would read a chapter or two of the Bible. And we prayed together and went to bed, and, and I was like, this is it. I'm a Christian. I'm going to be a Christian. And so I was a little kid that would take his Bible to school. I used to, I remember having an argument with one of our uh, teachers in high school about creation versus evolution. And, you know, I was bold, you know, because I was being a Christian. So you get, through, you get through high school, you get out on your own, get out of dad's house, dad's influence, you're not having, nobody's making you sit down and do a Devo every night. Mm -hmm. so, how did, so how did your spiritual formation translate into being a young adult? Well, I was like most people, got out of high school, going to college, didn't really, I couldn't be like my dad. I mean, I looked at my dad like we might all look at Billy Graham. I mean, my dad was it. He was the cornerstone. He was the godly man. He was the deacon. He's a Sunday school teacher, you know. And, and my dad, in my eyes, was the perfect Christian. And temptation and everything else, I wasn't. And I realized that I come to the realization, I can't do this. I can't be a Christian because I'm not good enough. I mean, I, there was just too much out there. And I was having fun, and I would feel guilty about having fun. Because I was like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a Christian. Right. And I just, I gave up. I just walked away. So for you, being a, being a Christian was a set of rules. Exactly. That you follow. Exactly. Wasn't a relationship. It was, these are the things you do when you're, when you're a Christian. Did anybody else raised like, I was raised like that, kind of, you know, anybody else. So that is a whole nother set of issues to get over when you see, when you see your relationship with God not as a real secure relationship but as a list of rules that you have to follow and if you don't follow uh, bad things are going to happen yeah and it, you know looking back now you know back then I didn't feel valued by God I didn't feel valued the only place I felt valued is work making money working hard getting accolades at work for being a hard worker, 
you know, Jeff was the one that's going to get it done. And so that's kind of where I found my significance is what I could do because I couldn't, I could do work and I could do being a good employee. I could do being a good, okay guy, but I couldn't do being a Christian. It was too hard. And, and I kept failing at it. Okay. So at some point you just walked away completely, just quit trying? I, well, I knew God, but I didn't know God. I walked the aisle when I was 11 years old because my dad walked the aisle. Yeah. And the more I became an adult and, and I didn't value people, I wasn't a nice person. At all. I mean, you can think of being, you know, the big A. I was the big A. Yeah, okay. Right. I mean, everybody. I was not. I, I, if you didn't, if you didn't have my work ethic, if you weren't helping me get where I needed to be, I had no use for you. Yeah. Because Jeff was going to make it. Jeff was going to take the hill. If you want to come with me, that's great. If not, you're worthless to me. Yeah. And I, I treated my business life that way. I treated my employees that way. And. I had gotten to the point where I had tried going to churches as an adult, but just I was going through the motions. And uh, I was in a really bad place, really bad place. So take us to Salt Lake City. Okay, I was, uh, at the time I was a project manager for my company, and I would fly out every couple of weeks, you know, stay for two weeks wherever I was at and come back. And this happened on a Sunday. Um, excuse me. I uh, I was sitting in Atlanta Airport at the gate, waiting to take off to go to Saint, uh, Salt Lake City. And like I said earlier, I was not in a good place. I was in a very dark place, um, very depressed. I hated my life. I hated what I've done, and I've hated the people I'd hurt especially my children. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I got my earbuds in, and I'm sitting there with my eyes closed, and I'm listening to the music. And, of course... This is great Christian music, right? This is- uh, yeah, it had God in the title. Um, I was listening to a group called Godsmack, if anybody knows, and it was a song called Sick of Life. Probably not the best tune to listen to when you're in a very depressed state. Um... So I'm just there with my eyes closed and listening to this music, and I just sensed that somebody was in front of me. And uh, I opened my eyes, and it was this beautiful little girl about six years old with cornrows in her hair, and she's talking to me. You know, and so I take my earbuds out, and she wasn't talking, she was singing. And she was singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I listened to her, and she finished and walked over to her family. And um, I got my laptop bag and everything together, my carry-on luggage, and I went to the restroom, and I got in a stall, and I just cried like a baby. Yeah. And I said, God, I, I give up. I, I'm yours. I can't be a Christian but I want what you want to give me. Yeah. And so uh, 
The sad thing was, I didn't mention this, I was in such a bad state that I'd even told God while I was sitting there listening to that music that if this plane goes down, no big deal. I mean, I don't care. You know, somehow I got to get some relief. Right. But when I got to Salt Lake, I bought a Bible in Walmart. And for the two weeks I was there, when I wasn't at work, I was reading and I was praying and I was asking God for forgiveness. So that was clearly the, the, the pivot point of your life. Things started to turn around after that. It did. I, when I got back from Salt Lake City, I, uh, my life was a mess. I was in bad relationships and stuff, and I just I, I made some major changes. That was about 15 and a half years ago. I made some major changes in my life. Um, and, you know, when you make changes in your life, you try to want, you want to... You want to make amends, but the choices we make, some of those you'll never be able to fix. God's got to fix it. It ain't going to be fixed by you. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I wasn't a real good dad. I hate to say that on Father's Day, but I, I really sucked as a dad. Yeah. I gave money to my kids, but that's it. They didn't need a financial dad. They needed a real dad. Um, so I made some major changes in my life, and I mean, I started seeking God and trying to understand Him. And I, I just—it was—I know that when I was 11, 11 years old, I did not accept Christ. I accepted Christ 15 and a half years ago hmm. because I thought I knew Him, but I didn't know Him. I think a lot of times people have that understanding eventually in their lives that, man, I knew about him. I didn't really know him. And I think the evidence was in the, the, the lack of change in your life. And, but you said something about you didn't value yourself. You, you didn't have any self-worth. No. I don't know how anybody here is, but I'll just tell you, I just... If I wasn't doing for somebody else, I just didn't feel like I had value. And I didn't value myself either. So it was really hard for me to understand that God could value me. And uh, I've come to find that out, that God truly does value me. And it's not because of something I do yeah. or did. Yeah. It's because of what he did. Right. And that he just wants me. With all my scars and all my baggage, he just wants me. Yeah. That's right. And uh, that's a freeing. When you can find that it's not about happiness, it's about joy. Mm -hmm. That joy is in there. And, and, and has anybody ever had in here tried to hold a two year old when they did not want to be held? <laughs> That's kind of the way I felt like God was trying to hold me, and I said, I don't want this. Let me down. Yeah. But he would never let go. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you, you, you weren't a great dad. You, the only thing you were great at was being an employee. Um, didn't treat your fellow employees very well. So Jesus said, they said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, well, really, there's two. They're related. You can't separate them. You love God. 
with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then you love others as you love yourself. And I don't think we give enough credit, and I've mentioned this before, but I don't, I don't think we give enough credit to the importance of loving ourselves the way we're supposed to love ourselves. Exactly. We, if we don't love ourselves right, if, if our self-worth, our self-value is not rooted in the love of God for us, then it becomes all about what can we do to earn his love. And now you might as well just stop because you're going in the absolute wrong direction. If you don't value yourself and who you are, um, then you're going to treat other people the way you see yourself. You didn't see yourself as having any value, so you didn't worry about stepping on people on your way to the top to get done whatever you got to get done. You didn't worry about walking away from your kids or, or just throwing some money at them because you, th- th- that was your sense of value. So once you really got saved, once you surrendered your heart to the Lord, it changed the way you valued yourself, and it changed the way you valued everybody else, right? It did. Um, You know, when you start looking at people you work with, and you look at them and go, you know what? They have blood in their veins. They're humans. They're valuable. And if God values me, I have to value them. There's no other option. I can't be the same person. I can't treat people the way I treated people. Um, and it wasn't that I was, you know, out of my way trying to be mean. It was just I didn't care. You get your feelings hurt, that's your fault. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> just, yeah. but, um, you know, I, I, traveling, I was still traveling a lot. and I was going to churches. Sandy and I would start going to churches wherever we were at. And that was kind of fun. Uh, and it was really going. And, and then the relationship with my dad got better because, you know, I looked at my dad as a spiritual man. And I said, I got what he's got. Yeah. I got what he's got. Yeah. I thought I did. Um, and then. Uh, so everything changed in one moment for you. Yeah. Um, like this is not enough. Um, I think it was Kansas City. Sandy, was it Kansas City? We were at Chicago. We were in Chicago at the time. Um, I came home from work, and my wife shows me a picture of my dad. It's a mug shot. A mug shot of my dad. Now, I know to God, sin is sin is sin. And sin is forgivable. But here on earth, in our boxes that we are, there are minor sins, there are medium sins, and there are horrific sins. I went through, like, everything you do when you're grieving. Because I said, nah, I denied it. No, there's no way my father... Not Billy Graham, my dad. And then it came out, and it was true. And I'm going, I know you value me, God, and I know you love me. But I can't love my dad no more. I hate my dad. I hate him. 
And I started pushing that hate toward my father, toward God. How could you let this happen, God? I'm here. I'm, I gave you my life. I'm trying. I want to seek you. And the one person in this world that I put above everyone else could do that? I lost trust for people. I thought if my dad could do that, anybody. What is all these people hiding that I know and I'm working with? You, you don't have any trust for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with finding, with hating somebody is that it undermines your love for... If, if there's anybody who doesn't deserve love, then nobody deserves love. Exactly. Right? So that undermines the foundation that you were, that you just finally built your life on. Exactly. So... It's an, important, it's an important thing to love yourself. It's also an important thing to love everybody else because hate for anybody negates love for everybody. Exactly. And, right? and, and I was in a weird place because I know God loves me and I knew God loved me, but I couldn't help but this feeling of hatred for my dad. Yeah. This is the person that I loved. He was my hero. Yeah. And it just didn't compute. Yeah. It just no way it could compute. So is your dad still with you? No, my dad passed away in November of 21. All right. So how, was the, how were the last days? Um, well, my mother passed away in 16, and my dad was all alone. Uh, he had a lot of restrictions on where he could go. Um, definitely couldn't leave the state. Um, had to check in with his parole officer or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he was all alone. And God started working on me. He said, he needs you. So I tried to reach out. Me and Sandy tried to reach out to him. and We, we had him over for dinner, and we started trying to build something because I felt really bad because I had this hatred that I had to let go of. And um, we started trying to build that relationship with him. But when he was sick, we were at Emory, and the last few nights, um, he was just talking to me about my childhood and fun things we did and the way he would work on the car and show me how to do it. And just he back to being my daddy. And... And the night that he died, he told me, he said, son, you need to go on home. He said, you got to work the next day. And I said, okay, Pop, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. And I got at the door, and he said, Jeff, he said, I love you, son. I said, I love you too, Pop. And as I came in the door, at my house in Temple, the phone rang, and he had died on my way home. And at his funeral, I wrote a eulogy, and I gave the eulogy at my dad's funeral. 
And I'm telling you, as clear as I'm standing here, sitting here today, when I talked about my father and I talked about forgiveness, I felt the Holy Spirit just fill me. And that release that I never could really understand that truly what forgiveness is because I couldn't hate him anymore. And I, I realized, like you mentioned, that if anything we do here on this earth is unforgivable, then everything is unforgivable. There's nothing beyond the love of God. And that changed because I felt like before that where I was really trying to live this life of following Christ, that just for a few years just just kind of put me in kind of an autopilot. I was just not really growing or anything because I could not. I was I was mad at God because seriously, I was like, God, you shouldn't have done this. You know, I want what's best for you. I want to give you glory. And then this. So, yeah, that was. Uh, but the, the after the funeral, um, we ended up moving back here to Harrelson County. Um, me and my brother inherited my parents' house. And uh, I bought my brother out. And Sandy and I, we started coming here last year. And, and that's when I knew that, you know, this is not a country club. This is a, this is a hospital. And if you got your act together before you come here, you might not need to come. I mean, if you can get, you'd be the only one. But if you yeah. get your if you can get your act together, without not just you know you need God, but you need brothers and sisters to stand beside you and tell you the hard things to tell you and pray with you when when things are rough and tough and you know um, so I mean that's wow powerful story Jeff thank you for sharing that with us Amen. so the testimony is about fatherhood forgiveness and the relentless love of God and so uh, Bree, if you and Timmy and, and the crew would, would start this way, um, I just want to highlight those things real quickly. Dad's uh, fatherhood's important. No way, to, no way to overstate how important it is for you to be the example that you need to be for your kid. I don't mean for you to be perfect. I mean for you to be an example. I can't tell you how many times I've had to apologize to my kids. Say, hey, dad's an idiot. Sorry about that. Right? Sorry, I lost my temper. I said something I shouldn't have said. I treated you in a way I shouldn't have treated you. You didn't deserve that. I'm sorry. And if you haven't done that for your kids, then that's, you're missing a part. They don't need to see the, per- the perfection in their dad. They need to see the humanity in their dad. They need to see what a, what a man or a woman of God does when they mess up because it's not going to be long before they're going to mess up and you need to show them how to make it right. Not just with God, but with 
other people as well. And so fatherhood is important, and I don't want you to, I don't want you to miss that. I also don't want you to miss how important it is to make sure that we're deflecting the love and the admiration that we receive from our kids, deflect it to the father. Don't be the hero. Don't be the one on the pedestal. If, they, if your kids or anybody else puts you on a pedestal, you better get your tail down from there before you hurt yourself or before you hurt somebody else because none of us belongs on a pedestal. So make sure that, and, and listen, honor your dads and love your dads and respect them and encourage them and all those things. Bless your, bless your dad. That's great. But don't put them in a place where when, when dad makes a mistake, because dad always will, that your entire life gets shattered. All right? Don't do that to your kids. Make sure that you keep that healthy balance. All right? Um, forgiveness. <laughs> forgiveness was a matter of faith for you it wasn't in your feelings it was a step of faith so I just want to point out he got himself rooted in the love of God understood his value understood the value of everybody else based on the love of God not based on our actions or our value or our worth or our efforts and then he was able to stand and speak words of kindness words of honor and respect over his dad when he had betrayed your trust and, and shattered your image and harmed other people, but you were able to, st- to stand and say uh, words of honor and encouragement, not because you felt them, but because you had the faith to speak those things out. And when you stepped out in faith, then your feelings follow, right? Uh, and so I want to encourage you because, listen, Mother's Day, Father's Day are always complicated because we all have different kinds of relationships with our mothers and fathers, So no matter what um, relationship you have with dad today, um, if forgiveness is part of the equation, then forgive. And and you say, well, I don't feel like forgiving him. No, I I get that. Your, Your feelings don't come first. Your feelings will follow you. You have to lead your heart. Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah says that our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who even knows what they're capable of? That's what the Word of God says. So please don't follow your heart when it comes to giving forgiveness to people because your heart is never going to tell you it's time. But at some point, you have, to, you have to say, it's time for me to set this right. It's time for me to forgive. It's time for me to move forward. And you do that as a step of faith rooted in the love of Christ. Because exactly what Jeff said, if, if anything's unforgivable, then everything's unforgivable. And we're all in real trouble. So we have, to, we have to get off our own high horse and get off our own, self-righteous, our own self-righteousness and go and make things right, okay? I've just been really burdened this week about, um, about relationships with dads. I had kind of a complicated relationship with my dad too in the last 20 years of his life. Um, and I felt the need many times when I tried to say positive, something positive about my dad to say, listen, he wasn't perfect. Listen, he had his flaws. Can we just stop doing that? Every one of our dads were, were flawed. Every, one's, every one of our dads were imperfect. I, I was praying over it this past year, 2022. I, I was glad to see it leave. 2022 was not a good year for me. And I got to the end of the year, was still struggling with some of these issues because of the passing of somebody else in my family, someone really important in my dad's life. 
and it just brought everything back up again. And I was really angry at God, at me, at pretty much every. If you'd have walked through my yard, I'd have been mad at you too. And uh, and I and I really felt like the Lord told me, John, he's doing the best he can do. He did the best he could do. Because I had all these ways, all these things he should have done different, all these ways it could have changed. And he just said, he's do, he did the best he knew how to do. And you know, at the end of the day, when I look in the mirror, I don't always get it right, but sometimes I just go, that was the best I had. That was all I could do. And sometimes it was enough, and sometimes it's not. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are that dad, don't beat yourself up you didn't get it all right today. Tomorrow's another day. And hey, it's just 12 o'clock. Well, you got plenty of time to get it straight, even today. Don't beat yourself up. Rest, your, rest yourself in the love of God. Rest in the grace of God. And that's not an excuse to keep getting it wrong. It's just permission. It's a foundation to get it right. And if you've got a dad who just didn't get it right, sometimes more often, more often than not, won't you show a little grace? Show him the grace that you hope somebody shows to you on your worst days. And the overarching theme of the whole day is this relentless love of God. Never let Jeff go, even when he was out on his own, even when he was walking away, doing things that he knew he shouldn't do. His love, his love sent a little six-year-old girl to sing Jesus Loves Me to the man in an airport. So no matter where you are, how fast you've run from, from God, you cannot outrun his love. He's still there. He's still got you. He's still pursuing you. And I don't want you to forget that. Okay? Y'all stand with me today. So listen, I just just thought in this moment we could sing Jesus Loves Me. Because the message of the song is powerful. I know we I know we relegate it to kids' church, but the truth contained in that song will change your life if you actually believe it. Okay? And before we do that, I want us to pray. And then we'll be dismissed singing, Jesus loves me together. Alright? But I want us to pray uh, over all of these things because some of you have a difficult relationship with fathers. And I just I hope and I pray that when you walk out of here today that you've got some peace and a way forward I pray that you find a way to forgive and and I pray above all things that you find yourself resting and walking in the love of God and knowing that he's got you he's got you no matter where you wander to let's pray Father in the name of Jesus we just I thank you Lord for Jeff I thank you for, for the journey that he's been on and for his willingness to share the highs and the lows and the difficult things that he's been through. God, I know that it was an encouragement. I don't even pray that it encourages somebody. I know it was an encouragement to somebody that he made it through this and he's on the other side and he's given you praise and he's given you glory and honor and he's walking in your love every day. And I pray that we find encouragement and strength from that. Lord, I pray over every person who has a difficult relationship with their fathers. I pray, Lord, that you would that you would restore that relationship somehow, or Lord, that at the very least that you would bring forgiveness and grace into the relationship. Lord, I pray that people step out in faith, not rooted in their feelings, but rooted in your love that never changes and never runs out. I pray that we find a way to forgive and to move forward. 
And I pray, Lord, that we rest and walk in the love that you have for each one of us. And Lord, as we rest in your love, may we find ourselves becoming more and more like you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.